0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Paper Bag Philosophy Podcast, the podcast with the sexiest audience. Today, my guest is Jesse Sosh. Jesse's a good friend of mine. We go back way, way back, and uh, we've been talking over Facebook here recently. seems like we've got a lot of similar ideas. Uh, You want to say hi real quick? Hey there. uh, I'm Jesse Sosh. I've known
1: Aaron Brown since, um, well, forever, pretty much, and... uh, We've kinda reconnected like. uh over the past few months with uh all the latest political drama and uh That's kind of discussing coming. that. And
0: uh yeah, he asked me to come on the show and I'm great to be here. I'm grateful to be here. Alright. So um before we started the podcast, we were talking a little bit and the di- the direction that we decided that we wanted to go in was um this idea. The idea is that phrase, and it's that old phrase that you know, um, I don't want to gain the world and lose my soul. And I feel like we're at a point now where we're losing our soul and we're not even gaining the world. For a lot of us, it's uh, we're making $10 an hour or something like that and we're losing our soul because of it. So you said you had some thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, so I've seen
0: this a lot and
1: I like to dabble in the stock market and. Uh, read the latest articles from economists and all of that sort of thing and uh, I also work for those that don't know I work at a factory making parts for Toyota and I work easily 70 hours a week on a busy week Week more and my life consists of going to bed getting up going to work coming home repeating and uh, it can be miserable at times six seven days a week and I know many people can relate and on the opposite end of that I know people can relate Uh, with the doing that and struggling the whole way and uh, you know it's kind of hard to find a balance in there and and the phrase that that Aaron was referring to is is a biblical phrase which I'm not going to go into that at all but it's very true and I see this all the time I meet people all the time uh, that have these brilliant minds that are very fascinated in a subject experts on it as a matter of fact and They're not working in that field. They don't have the time. Yeah, yeah, and they don't have the time. I I worked with a guy at a company. He was I'm not going to mention his name or what the company was, but he he was very enthusiastic about like cosplay and horror films and and uh, that sort of thing. Very very knowledgeable about it, and uh, and you know I even suggested to him like man. Why don't you set up some sort of cosplay business? Well, why don't you dress up as Freddy Krueger and show up to a party and offer your services for four hundred bucks a night? And I guarantee you, somebody's going to pay that. And uh, and he just couldn't because he was at work eighty ninety hours a week, you know. And even if he wanted to, he couldn't. Um, and so, so I think people innately have ideas and inspirations and passions and things that they want to pursue, and either they don't, because in a way those require more work and time than going to work for somebody else, or I think that people get caught up in the things they think they have to have, like a new car or a big house or what have you, and and they go into a tremendous amount of debt, and the only way they can... They can manage to stay afloat is if they sell their sell their life sell their soul essentially and all their passions and their relationships and their friendships and all their interests kind of go out the window and life becomes about work and sleep and it and it tears people down especially in the long run
0: and um i i was talking to a friend a few years ago and it was at a time where i think i was actually working two jobs and i had a decent amount of money coming in and he said Something that always stuck with me. He said, look at all this money that I have no time to spend. Yeah. And, and that's how it feels. And, uh, and, and I got to be honest, like it feels like to me that it's been intentionally set up that way where we um, are forced to, to be inside of a career, career, quote unquote. Yeah. yeah. A, a job where we spend 40, 50, 60, upwards of 80 to 90 hours a week trying to make money, yeah. but then the bills are so high, products are so expensive, everything is so expensive that we, we are barely squeaking through. And I don't really think that that's how life should be. So, so I read an
1: interesting, two interesting studies here all back. One was that 78% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck, which is absolutely true, I believe that. And, uh, and it can be easy to fall in that category. Uh, for instance, so my previous job, it was horrible pay. It was shit, actually. And I hated it, and I was there for way longer than I should have been. I left, and, you know, I might work all these hours, but at least I have some money, right? But uh, but any, anyway, something I was very careful not to do was to become a victim of lifestyle inflation. And that's a term economists like to use. And so um, that term comes from an observation called the immigrant advantage. And it's like someone from India or the Middle East or uh, some other poor country immigrates to America. And within a few years, they've got a nice house, they've got a nice car, they own four gas stations, a hotel and a renter center, mm-hmm. you know? And and you think, oh man, how is that possible? Is it like a tax loophole? I've heard that my whole life. And you know, yeah, there are some tax breaks for people that wanna come here and start businesses, but, it, but it's not that, it's that, if you, if you go to the grocery store and you see someone, like from a Spanish background or, or from India, and you look at what they're buying, it's usually a big bag of rice, a big bag of beans, tortillas and a couple pieces of meat. You know It's very bare, minimal. It's, very, it's, not, it's not extravagant or luxurious. And I know people all the time. There, there was a lady I work with, and uh, she says she's told me her all about, I hate this job. I'm burnt out. I hate coming in here every single day. And I said, "Well, why don't you go do something else?" And and the job does pay pretty good because of all the overtime. And, and she said, "Well, I've adjusted my lifestyle through this pay." Mm-hmm. And and I can't I can't live on less now. It's like you can always live on less. What are you talking about? And and, and it's it's such a conscious decision that you have to be mindful of, of okay, I'm making more money. Uh let me get a new truck or a new vehicle or um, let me you know go out to eat more often or whatever no no you were doing fine before you were making it you were happy before so how about instead of spending I don't know two three hundred bucks a month on eating out how about you throw that into a index fund or into you know the stock market or how about you put it back and open a business one day and uh, <clears throat> And pe- people will do that a lot, you know. Uh, I heard some guys talking to work the other day, and they were talking about buying a new pair of shoes that cost $400. And if that's what you want to do, that's fine. I'm not condemning that. But they also live paycheck to paycheck. And they worry about bills and rent. And it's like, how about you take that 400 bucks and you stick it in, in an envelope somewhere and stash it away so the next time you have an emergency, you, you've you got some money to, to, to take care of it, you know. And uh, financial sense doesn't really exist anymore like it used to. And the other other study I read um, is that something like 85% of Americans would rather discuss openly with a total stranger the details of their sexual life and sexual activity than the details of their finances. And as a result, if you look around, sex is used to sell everything, Mm -hmm. and you can get sex easily. But, But if you want some good financial wisdom, oh, that's hard to find. That's impossible because nobody's talking about that, you know, and uh, and and you see that reflected everywhere, everywhere. Get, just get on social media and scroll through your timeline, and you don't see financial advice, but but you definitely see sex being solicited, yep. and uh, and so I, I really think we have to change our dynamic and our mindset, <clears throat> especially in our generation, uh, so that the next generation can be left better off you know uh i I don't know about you guys but i i would love to leave an inheritance a house some property you know something for my children so that they can go about and live a decent life and build on that and leave something for their kids and so on and so on
0: that's
1: just that's where i'm at with it
0: so you think that one of the major problems uh the reason why we have that that um the inability to escape the work cycle is a lack of financial education. Yeah, oh, i, mean, I, mean, I agree what, with
1: that. what did what did you learn in school about financial education? I mean, nothing, right? Yeah. And and even even their parents' generation didn't learn anything about financial education, and even their grandparents, so they they knew a little bit, but they mostly knew that they needed to keep something saved up in case of another depression, you know, and uh, and so I think. I think we have lost sight of that. And and part of that is consumerism, uh, intense consumerism. And you can't really blame the individual for wanting to buy everything because they're being targeted with ads specifically for them Mm -hmm. 24-7. I I think it's something like, last I read, I think the average American sees like 3,700 advertisements a day.
0: I knew that it was over, I knew it was in the thousands.
1: Yeah, and it's like, no wonder we're broke and buying dumb shit we don't need. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Clearly, I. That's actually that's actually a good point. A a large part of our problem, a lack of education, um, a lack of generational wisdom, um, but also a lot of miseducation through the forms of advertisement, through the forms of consume, 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 and it it, it is what we're taught. It's what we're taught in everything, and. um Here's a here's something on topic but kind of off topic. One of the things that I think is interested is how much Hollywood actually presents the idea that um, happiness doesn't um, come from wealth. Yeah. That it comes from the the simple things and yeah. stuff like that. And it's this this nice touchy feely uh, thing that Hollywood puts out there. But I disagree with it. Yeah. yeah. I think that. I think that happiness does come from wealth, not specifically from wealth, but, okay, still so think about it like this, everybody's going to have stressful situations, everybody's going to have ups and downs, are you are you going to be able to handle those situations a lot, or are you going to be able to handle those situations better if you have a million dollars in the bank account, or if you're doing overdraft fees on a regular basis? <laughs> yeah,
1: know? exactly right. Right. Um, So I'll give you an example. I'm 26, and when I was 19, 20, somewhere in there, I kind of went crazy for a while. Uh, I was living with a roommate. It was a terrible living situation. He was falling into hard drugs and that sort of thing. And every weekend, we would both get paid on Thursday. Friday night, up until about Sunday morning, we would be in a strip club somewhere, blowing money, getting hammered and uh trying to figure out how we're going to get back home we would get back home and then we try to figure out how we're going to pay bills that week because we had just blown all of our money Mm -hmm. you know and uh was that a great time yeah i had a blast but it it wasn't happiness it wasn't health i didn't wake up every day thinking oh man my life is fulfilling and i've conquered these challenges laid before me no that, that wasn't what i was thinking i was thinking my God, that was stupid. What are we <laughs> gonna do about it? By the time Friday rolled back around, I'd be so stressed we'd go do it again. And, you know, and it was just
0: kind of a vicious cycle. And uh, I think you've actually touched on something that's another huge problem. And that's um, reactionary decisions. Mm. Mm. Which is so you talked about be, um, by the time Friday came around, you're so stressed out that you just want to release that stress, so you would go back to the strip clubs yeah. get, get invest back in alcohol and everything like that. I was doing the same thing. Right. Um, I didn't go to strip clubs as much, but
1: oh, oh, the, all the ones we went to, all the bouncers team was by first name basis. Oh. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a party. Uh, no, it was a I good time. Where, but I get where you're coming from, and. Um, oh. But I do think that we are in this cycle of reactionary uh, spending, where it's I need something to make me feel better now, and I'm still there. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not drinking right. nearly as much as I was uh, because I used to live at a party house. That was no. that was my thing. Was I was at a party house, right. so we'd go out, we'd buy um, a half gallon of rum, a half gallon of whiskey. And then two thirty six packs of beer. <laughs> yeah. And everybody in the house would just drink all weekend and at night like we would we were pretending to be happy. Mm-hmm. We would throw on loud music and we'd sing together, we'd get drunk and and then um you know we all wake up in the morning feeling miserable and And broke and and broke and and made a bunch of questionable decisions and And like i had a good time last night but everybody smoked all my cigarettes yeah everybody
1: drank all my beer (laughs) yeah exactly right exactly and uh you know I, i think i think it can be healthy in the long run for everybody to go through a season like that but the danger to that is that's not just a season for so many people that's the way they live And it's disgusting to me that someone would work for somebody else 40, 50, 60 hours a week, Monday through Friday to get two days off to go fry brain cells, kill their liver, and blow their money. Yeah, And it's like, why? why? You just took all that hard work that you just put in and instead of investing in yourself, you literally took a step backwards. And you do that every weekend and you look forward to it. It's like Friday rolls around, and hey, it's Friday. I get to get plastered and waste time and waste my life for the next two days. Yippee! Yeah. You
0: know? And is that really living? What yeah. What are you doing? You know, um, is, is this what you wanted to be? Yeah. Is this what you wanted to do as a child? And um, this This territory actually. Um, okay, so I'm. A, this is a This is an honesty podcast. So I'm going to let people know okay. where I am right now. Which is, I've got negative $60 in the bank. I don't have any money. My car was repossessed the other day. But I am working, just not for a paycheck. Yeah. I'm working hard. Um, and I think that the things that I'm doing now eventually will bring that paycheck forward. I'm just, you know... Getting there. Getting there. But uh, the, I, I'm going to start employing certain values. And when I was employing these values... Um, back, uh, back about a year ago, I was actually able to save up to about a thousand dollars. I had a thousand dollars in cash just mm-hmm. sitting there. And, uh, have you ever read the book, the richest man in Babylon? Mm-hmm. You have yeah. actually read it. Yeah. Okay. That surprises me because nobody's ever heard of it, <laughs> but like I started reading all of these financial advice books and, uh, it always comes back down to this book. So if you're listening to this. And you need something to help you with your your finances and everything. I'm gonna recommend The Richest Man in Babylon. Um, last time I checked, there's actually a free audiobook on YouTube, so you can find it very easily. But the uh, there there's there's several points in them, and I don't know them all by heart. But the two that always stick out to me are um, every dollar that you uh, that you take in, you save. Uh, a dime. You save ten cents of every dollar that you bring in, and then the other part of it is to write down every penny that you spend. Mm-hmm. Know where your money is going. And there was another book. I didn't actually finish the book. It's a. It, it's one that I have and I want to get back to and and finish reading it. But it actually recommended not if 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 you're like me right now where you don't have um you don't have any money or anything and you're trying to work towards that. Um, it said not to budget. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that that's advice that you hear a lot from people is that you need to have a budget. You need to have a budget and budgets always stress me out because I don't know necessarily. Yeah. I know where my money is going for bills, but, uh, where's it going for food? How much am I going to spend on clothes and all of this other stuff? And it said, don't, um, don't make a budget at first, just track your spending Every dime that you spend, you write it down and you write down what the purpose was. Um, And it says, before you start doing this, um, establish your values and your goals. Mm. And that's what you ultimately want with your money. Your money is a tool to help you get to where you want to be. So you establish your values and goals. And after a while, as you start uh, keeping track of your expenses, you, um, you start looking at what you're spending on a monthly basis, on a weekly basis. Do I really want to be spending that much money on alcohol? Right. Do, Do you... I really want to be spending that much money on strippers? Yeah. That kind of thing. And you, you start looking at your values and you kind of start naturally adjusting. Mm. So moving forward, when I get to the spot, because I know that I'm getting there, when I get to the spot where I have money coming in, these are the values that I'm going to reincorporate into my life. Um, and, uh, I think that they, I think that those two simple premises, uh, every dime that you take in or every dollar that you take in, you put aside 10 cents and write down every penny that you spend. I think those are the starting points. No,
1: absolutely. Um, a lot of people, and I'm really bad about this, is impulse buying, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and, and again, it's not really your fault because it all gets thrown at you left and right, mm-hmm. you know, and you might wake up one day and you have everything you need and then you get on Facebook and You see that there's
0: something you can't live without, (laughs) you know? Which on that note, never, ever, ever buy anything from a Facebook ad because as soon as – I did it one time and then – okay, so my impulse buy things are like funny shirts uh, with cartoon characters on them and stuff. So I bought one, one time. And then every ad after that, it was like, oh, damn. I need that shit. I need it. Yeah. So be very careful buying from Facebook because they will use it against you. Yeah.
1: Even be careful about clicking on the ad and looking at the details because they'll use it against you that too.
0: But they've got it figured out. I uh, have to say though it did take a while before I bought anything off of Facebook like I think I had them kind of in the dark I doubt it very seriously Facebook (laughs) is very smart (laughs) but the ads didn't make any sense to me Yeah, gay singles in your area you know (laughs) that kind of thing I was like I don't think that's me but okay (laughs) whatever
1: but uh, yeah you know and uh, I think I think another job I worked at for a while we would be putting in crazy hours especially during your busy season and it would be nothing to bring home, you know, I mean, you're working for eighty to sometimes a hundred hours a week and but it would be nothing to bring home eleven, twelve hundred bucks a week, you know, we would get paid on Friday. And there would be guys there that we would all get paid on Friday. They'd come back on Monday and they'd say, Hey man, can I bum twenty bucks off of you to make it through the week? And it's like you just brought home you make more than I do. you just brought home a ton of money. Where did it all go mm-hmm. and And it got to the point I would ask him that, and oh, well, you know, I had to pay up my late fees on this, and I had to do that and I had to take care of this mechanical problem on my car and i had and and it wasn't it wasn't so much that they had to. It's that they have been putting these problems off for so long that they <laughs> that that it came to the point then yeah, they had to. Uh and, and that's another thing. Like always take care of your bills and your problems first. Always. If you if you got an issue with your vehicle, get it fixed. Don't let it don't let it ride. No, get it fixed so it doesn't create a bigger problem. You you've got a leaky faucet, get it fixed as soon as you possibly can. Devote some money towards it so it doesn't turn into water spewing all over your bathroom when you're not home and you come home and your house is flooded. If you take care of things appropriately as they come up, and I guess that's some old man wisdom, because everybody's grandpa was like that, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, but but it kind of sustains you. And if you take care of problems as they arise and face them head on while they're manageable, then it can sustain you to grow in other ways that you were like instead of having to come back and deal with the same problems after you put them off for the past six months, you know.
0: So. um I'm assuming that you've also read some other books on on finances and and money and things of that nature. Do you have any recommendations on that level?
1: Well, uh, yeah, I've got two I really like. Uh, One is Financial Peace University by Dave Ramsey. I know that's a name everybody, everybody has talked about. And in some ways, I kind of disagree with him because he's like, "Yeah, that Starbucks col- coffee costs a five forty, and instead of getting that five times a week, how about you take that money and put it in a mutual fund, and in thirty years you'll be a millionaire?" You know, and it's like, "Okay, yeah, that's cool, but I would rather not like to be miserable and hate my life." You know, you gotta you gotta enjoy yourself some way. And uh, the other the other one is uh, the other book I like is Fu Money by Dan Locke. Okay. And, and and his whole premise is build your fu you money, and so your boss is pissing you off. Fu. Yeah. You know, see, see you later. <laughs> I'm out. I can go do what I want. I've got I've got a cushion. I've got enough that I can take a leap and uh, try something else or go somewhere else or do something new. And uh, he, he he has a a phrase, a penny saved is a penny earned. But who cares? It's just a fucking penny and i love that that that's that's like some good wisdom you know yeah and then he goes on to say what you need is more and in his video he picks up a stack for probably 10 grand and lays it on the counter you know and he says who cares about this 20 cents when you got all this you know and uh and he says so so build your fu money get your side hustle get your get your valuable skill set that you can do for money and that that's important that is so important so uh Uh, I don't know if your audience, knows. I don't know who all listens to you, but I'm a certified mechanic, and even though I'm not working directly in that field right now, I I can still make money on the side whenever I want. I get hit up five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times a week. Hey, can you come look at my car? Hey, I'm uh, looking for a new car. What do you recommend? I'll pay you to go shopping with me. Mm -hmm. You know, I get that all the time, all the time, and I had to invest in myself to do that. I had to go to the local community college, I had to take out a student loan, I had to, you know, buy books to do that, I had to buy tools to do that, uh, but it's a skill set that I'm going to have for the rest of my life, and if I lose my job today, I can go do that for a while until I need to go back to work somewhere else, you know, and, uh, and having a valuable skill set is so important, and, and with you, it's kind of like media, it's kind of editing and, Podcasts and uh, social media and that sort of thing, and people pay big money for that. You like, like you've been talking about, you're getting your platform off the ground, and uh, that's that's huge. Go do that. That that's a valuable skill that translates into real money mm-hmm. eventually, and uh, that's 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 solid. It's great.
0: I think that with uh, what you were talking about, that fu money, um, you hit on something really important because a lot of people talk about financial stability yeah. financial security yeah i want financial freedom yeah. yeah i want the ability to be like you know what kind of bored who wants to take a trip to egypt with me right fucking fly over right. there you right. know that's right. the ability that i want to have yeah um I, I i don't i don't want to be stuck i feel like i've been stuck for a really long time spinning my wills and there's a lot of different reasons for that but right now i'm at a point where i'm like okay enough is enough i'm done i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to be the playboy anymore right i don't want to be see or uh working on things that are um that are not going to bring me anything bring me like lasting joy i don't want to just waste everything on a night and i um and i don't want to i don't want to be stuck yeah Um, yeah and uh, so that's, that's what I'm working on. I know obviously, current situation's not there. Right. But I have full confidence in myself. I've gotten myself out of this position before, um, and I'm going to do it again. And that, that's, and I, I think that that's what you have to do.
1: And, and you'll do it quicker. Uh, so I met two people in my life that really changed the way I viewed finances. Uh, one of them was a billionaire. A billionaire, self-made billionaire with a B and uh he uh, I was working at a dealership at the time and this guy came in I'd never seen him before he had a long matted beard full of dip spit and long matted hair and he drove a 1998 Ford Ranger with 350,000 miles on it oh. and he walked in and all all the salesmen the sales manager the service manager everybody was serving him like he was the queen of England and I said who is that guy like what does he got you know and uh and and somebody told me, Oh, he he's a billionaire. I said, He's a billionaire, yeah. Way back in the day he inherited a bunch of land and he sold it to coal mines and he got ten percent of everything they mined off the land, so he's absolute filthy rich billionaire. He could buy anything he wants. But he doesn't. He eats McDonalds three times a day. Hmm. And I'm like, Why? He said, So people don't bother him.
0: I mean, that's fair. <laughs>
1: and I thought and I thought Wow. I've always thought to myself, if I was a billionaire, I would be a Tony Stark kind of guy in everybody's face, philanthropist, playboy, you know, spending big money on whatever. But, you know, that's probably pretty taxing, you know, to be that way. And then the other person I met, I met a guy that, uh, he does real estate and he started, I mean, he used to be like me working 60, 70, 80 hours a week and, you know, doing okay, but not doing great by any means. And uh, he uh, he owns a ton of rental properties now, and he's always expanding, and he owns several companies that he acquired, and, and uh, it took him like seven years to build that, which is incredible. And he asked me, he said, Sash, if you lost everything right now that you had, how long would it take you to get it back? And I said, probably three or four years, something like that. He said, it would take me two, and I have way more than you do, no offense. And that's what he said. And I said, why? How would it take you two years, you know, to acquire all this when it took you seven the first time? He said, well, I'm smarter now. I learned from my mistakes. That's why I'm still growing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that, that really impacted me. He said, it's about investing in yourself as much as it's about investing your money. And that, and that really changed the way. That really changed me. It shook me a little bit. It's like, it's not just money is something I invest in. Wealth is something I do to earn an income and I save it and reinvest. No, it's not just that. It's about investing in yourself Mm -hmm. and becoming a better person yourself. Becoming more capable, becoming smarter, becoming more knowledgeable, becoming uh, more available to have the time and energy and brain power to work on what you need to work on. And uh, that's... That spoke to me. I started eating better after that and being, you know, I started sleeping better, like, like planning out my sleep schedule better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started, you know, I, I made some minor adjustments to my life and almost immediately I started seeing a huge effect on, wow, I'm better off. Mm-hmm. and You know what, if I did lose everything, I probably could get it back in a year or two, you know? And uh, that really that really uh, helped me out. And I mean, the guy's a multimillionaire, started from nothing. And yeah, if I lost it all, I could get it back
0: in two years. That that blew me away, you know. That's um, I I that's that's where I want to be as a person as well. And um, I don't know. I heard a quote one time, uh, and and I think that this guy was a multimillionaire as well. And he said, even if you took all of the money in the world and redistributed it to everybody, and everybody had the same amount starting out. Within a couple of months, all of the money would be back into the same hands. Yeah,
1: yeah. So Jordan Peterson talks about this a lot. Uh, it's called the Pareto distribution, mm-hmm. and it's a naturally occurring mathematical phenomenon. It's the in fact, it's the uh, it's the algorithm that Monopoly is based on. Everybody starts out in the exact same place, same amount of money, same amount of assets, and Within a couple turns, somebody's got the majority of the money and the majority of the property and the majority of the assets, and and that's just how it works. You can play Monopoly a million times over, and at the end of the day, at the end of the game, somebody's going to have all the money. Mm-hmm. And, and and how why does it why does it get that way? So let's say somebody got ahead a little bit and redistributed, you know, their financial wealth to the two guys that were, you know, not doing so well. Okay, we sell owns the property. He's still better off, and he'll get it back because eventually you're gonna pay him again yeah, and uh so that's just that's just a mathematical law um you can't you can't get around it uh people have this idea that um you know like capitalism is evil and and greedy and well maybe, but show me a system that doesn't have greed involved you can't because you can't get rid of the human factor. But what capitalism do, does is let the human factor be in, increasingly innovative. And so you might come out with a killer product and it's absolutely great and you're a millionaire overnight and you turn into a greedy bastard and start cutting corners on that product and uh, you know maybe do some questionable marketing advertisements or something like that. And guess what, somebody's gonna come behind you and pick up a slack and, and then another product similar but does more and other things and it's a better quality for half the price you know so you're talking about fox news <laughs> <French>. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly but uh but you know and uh i've got an idea for a product i won't talk on it here but yeah don't do that <laughs> yeah yeah i don't have a patent on it yet yeah, it's yeah gone. It's gone. <laughs> but i would love to see it happen because i haven't seen anything like it yet and i know it would just blow up amongst like outdoorsmen and mountain climbers and uh, ranch hands and you know, anybody that works outside for a living, and uh, ah, I would, I would love to see that go somewhere. And I'm I'm figuring it out. So so I work a lot, but at my job I have a lot of downtime, and maybe I shouldn't say this, but I, I doubt any of my. Japanese overlords here listening, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, uh, so I'll find a corner to lean up against the post and I'll start reviewing, okay, what stocks do I need to invest in this week? Okay. Where do I need to move my money in my accounts this week? Or how, uh, how do I file for a patent or how do I file for a business license or how does business insurance work? Th- those are the things. I'll never forget back when Pokemon Go was the big deal. Out me and another guy that I got into it. We were on the Robinhood app, great trading app by the way, and uh we were we were uh making a few trades and talking about investments and things we might want to buy into and uh and everybody else sitting at the table was playing Pokemon Go. And I paused for a second and I kind of glanced over at their phones and I thought, "Huh, that's interesting." But I kept my thoughts to myself. And one of them eventually said, "Sosh, why are you always on the stock market? Why are you always talking about investments and -and up-and-coming companies and where to put your money and dividend returns? Why are you talking about that? And I said, well, I think it's kind of fun, but if I'm going to use my phone, which is essentially access to the majority of human knowledge ever, why don't I use it to better myself instead of just entertain myself with cheap thrills? Mm Mm-hmm. Never me, Well, it's fun, I said. Yeah, it's fun, but you're the same guy that has to bump twenty bucks from me every week after payday because you're already broke. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you, you know. And uh, <laughs> he shut up after that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think you actually hit on another really good point. Um, one of the things for me, like when I go into a depressive episode, which I'm actively fighting against those, and um, it's actually. It's actually kind of funny. Um, The emotions that used to drive me towards the distracting things like Pokemon Go and everything are now starting to um, get irritated and angry at those same distractions for that very reason. It's because, you know, I can spend hours on my phone playing a video game, watching YouTube videos or whatnot like that. But what is going to happen at the end of the day? Yeah. I've accomplished video Nothing, game and plans. you feel awful about it, yeah,
1: and now you just want to go do some more mind mindless time killing because
0: you know what else is there to do? I think that that's something important that people need to realize is that we we are conditioned to be distracted, we are conditioned to want instant gratification, yeah. and uh we are conditioned by bright colors and shiny lights and fast moving objects yeah. and everything things that will trigger that dopamine yep. really, really quickly. Yep. Um, but the things that don't necessarily trigger it that quickly, they have the better payoff. Oh yeah. It's like educating yourself, yeah. looking into the stock market, building a portfolio. Yeah, you're,
1: you're, you're exactly right. And all the things worth doing in life are the most difficult things. Mm-hmm. They're not immensely satisfying the whole way through. You know, I, I can't, you meet a small business owner, and even if they're doing really well, a year ago when they were launching their business, man, they were pulling their hair out. They didn't know how they were going to make payroll. They didn't know how they were going to pay the lease that month for their location. And, and they all have horror story after horror story about how how they almost lost it so many times. And you know, it took 110 hours of being at the office every week for six months to get this thing off the ground. And was that immensely enjoyable? No. Well, the payoff was there, and it was worth it, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and and I I think I think that's that's a, a real issue uh, in our generation. Um, I know we've talked about prepping, like like preppers, doomsday prepper sort of stuff a little bit, and it's like I saw a a woman on Facebook, and she said people are gonna feel so dumb when this pandemic is over, and they have all this toilet paper left. And I thought about it, and yeah, it's pretty dumb to go buy, panic buy all the toilet paper because oh my god. But on the flip side, what are you going to stop using toilet paper? Yeah, <laughs> you, you know what I mean. It's like oh man, these people are stupid for stocking up on food. At what point in human history has it been a bad idea to put extra food back?
0: Yeah, I don't think that that's a problem. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, you know, it's like are you not going to use it? <laughs> you know, and uh, and I, I think I think so many people. the the other thing is I don't think so many people realize the impact that they can have on not just their lives, but the lives of people around them if they get themselves together and, and they should get themselves together because, well, it can change the world. Uh, a guy, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, he wrote a book, uh, called the Gulag Archipelago. And it was a huge ax blow to the Soviet union when it came out. Um, it's kind of hard to find right now uh i know there was a re-released edition of it a couple years ago uh but it actually got banned from most of north america uh i think in the late 90s because of how graphic it is and i mean he was just giving his accounts of the gulags and you know watching people starve to death and be worked to death and absolutely graphic i mean you can't you can't read through the first chapter without getting so pissed off you want to kill something you know because uh, it's just so inhumanely cruel, but but he said that the universe has many centers, and we're in each, everybody is in one of them. In other words, everybody from their perspective is the center of the universe. Mm-hmm. And and I think that is so empowering, because it's true from where I sit, it kind of looks like the world revolves around me from where you sit, it kind of looks like it revolves around you. You know, and so how you conduct yourself in that is uh is a pretty big deal and it can have a profound impact on yourself, on your health, on your finances and and on
0: the people around you, you know. Um and here's actually playing off of that idea, this is something that I thought about a long time ago. Um what does it mean or, or or what what is the purpose of living this is not the 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 broad yeah. what is the purpose of living but one of the purposes of living in my opinion is on a daily basis you are getting up and answering the question what does it mean to be human yeah you're doing that with your actions you're doing that with your interactions and everything like that and for me that that kind of helped me put a little bit more perspective into what i was doing um I want to be a quote unquote good person. What does that look like? Does that look like the type of person who gets angry off of the cuff at somebody and and goes off on them for no reason whatsoever? Or is that a person who takes a step back and and analyzes the situation and tries to figure out a better way to come at it? Um, But yeah, it's something that I've thought about before. And as as far as the whole center of the universe thing, I've definitely uh, embraced that as a mentality. Um, not completely, yeah. I, I, I'm kind and caring to people as much as I can be. Um, but I also I do think that it's kind of important to view yourself that way. Um, as somebody who is who has a story to tell, and uh, that kind of comes back to the the the, the distracting yourself and the parties and the and the yeah, um, yeah, the strippers. Um, that that's is that is that what you want? Is that what it means to you to be human? Is that is that what you want your story to be? Huh. So so we we brought him up once, Jordan Peterson,
1: and he talks a lot about this idea, the rescuing your father from the belly of the whale, mm-hmm. and it's an old old ancient. You know, I mean, you got you got biblically you have got Jonah, mm-hmm. right, and then uh, uh, biblically you have also got the entire corpus. Of the book it basically amounts to damnation and salvation you know and then you've got all throughout like like the Iliad uh, uh, so many other books even Pinocchio touches on it mm-hmm. and uh, and so basically the moral is to be the hero in your own story and rescue that from your father or from the representation of your father that you would like to carry on. And uh, and I think that's important. And there's many ways I, I use the term father very loosely because some people don't have very good fathers or absent fathers or, or whatever. But, but I mean that as in father, as in like the most pinnacle of ideas. So, so for us today, that looks like democracy. That's a pretty pinnacle idea. Maybe we should fight to save that and to maintain that. Or uh, maybe charity is a pretty pinnacle idea you know, and the best way to solve any of these problems, fix any of these problems that we can come up with, is to fix yourself. That's it. That's the answer, right? So uh, so it, it's so profoundly impactful to wake up today and decide that you're going to treat yourself like someone you're responsible for helping. Mm. And, and uh, if you can do that, and you can incrementally grow which I think is the purpose of life because that's what you do the moment you're born you start growing up until you die you know and and you see the most most the people that have the worst mindset about themselves are people that haven't grown in so long mm-hmm. they're always they haven't grown they're making excuses they refuse to face challenges they refuse to stand up and take responsibility or they shun away from new experiences, and they're always the most miserable people because they've stopped growing. And in much sense, they've stopped living. And um, and I think if you can continue to facilitate healthy growth and force yourself at times to grow, and even if it's just incremental, incremental. If you hit your goals with 2% accuracy today, well, that's better than 0%, and maybe tomorrow you can hit it with 3%. Mm-hmm. And and if you can just incrementally get a little bit better, a little bit better, and you start with the places where you can start. So um, that might look like just, I don't know, smoking one less cigarette a day, or maybe stop drinking so much, or maybe just, okay, I've got my paycheck, I'm going to save $10 out of it this week. You know, just something incremental, just a, a, a drop in the bucket. And you repeat that and you repeat that and you repeat that and before you know it, you're so damn good at it, nothing can stop you.
0: All right. So you hit on something that I kinda wanna I've I've wanted to ask you about. I was looking for an opportunity. Here's the opportunity. <laughs> All right. So assume that you're talking to somebody who's hit rock bottom. Right. They're at the very bottom. They don't know how to get out of it. All right. What is one thing that you would recommend to that person to vastly change their life? Whether that be something small or big. What is one thing that you think that you would recommend to somebody?
1: Well, I'll tell you. So I was at rock bottom. Uh, I was 19, maybe 20, somewhere in there. Uh, It was a summer night, probably June, cool night, and a storm was blowing in, and my roommate was uh, banging some crack whore, and uh, (laughs) uh, he was probably doing a couple lines of cocaine. And uh, I was sitting on the front porch, half drunk, with a uh, gone through about half a fifth of Jack and smoking a Marlboro Black. And I said, Sash, you can't do this forever. What is it you want? Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. I spent the next two years and I tried all sorts of stuff and I really figured myself out. And what do I want? And that was what got me. That's what pushed me because I came up with where I want to be and how I'm gonna get there. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's so inspirational. When I wake up and I don't feel like going to work or I don't feel like taking care of responsibilities today, that's what comes to mind. That's where I wanna be. And in ch- pursuing that, I've also kind of achieved this image of where I don't want to be. And so I have motivation to propel me in the direction I wanna go and I have fear to stay the hell away from where I don't wanna go. Yeah. And, um, and the, the the idea, I mean, I've been broke before. I've been fucking broke over draft and trying to just get something to drink or something to eat or squeezing a few pennies into my gas tank to get to work that day or whatever. And I've been there, uh, definitely been there. And, uh, that, that's what scares me is being where I have to like scrounge to get, enough loose pocket change to where I can buy laundry detergent so I can clean my clothes that week, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, I don't wanna be back there, you know? And that kind of horrifies me. And then and, and it horrifies me for a bunch of reasons. One, because I know I can be better. Mm-hmm. I know I can achieve more. And the other reason is like, not that I compare myself to other people, but there are people in my life that I value and I don't want to almost fall out of place with them. Not that I want to keep up with them. Not, not like I'm trying to keep up with the Joneses or anything. But it's like I want to be able to enjoy some of the things they enjoy with them. And that requires that I have my shit put together. Mm-hmm. you know. And, uh, and that's, that's really, really helped me. Uh, I remember a couple of friends of mine. Uh, I was doing pretty poorly at the time and they were doing very well both of them, and we were all hanging out and playing cards, and and one of them had brought up, oh yeah, so we just closed on the house, and and uh, I just bought a new pickup truck last week, my dream truck. And I mean, this guy's younger than I am by a couple of years, and I thought, Sosh, what in the fuck have you been doing with your life, you know? This guy's got it all. He's a couple of years younger than you, and you kind of just thrown away a few years and you're just now getting started mm-hmm. you know but uh but I had to I had to come to a place to where I'm okay with that and that I know better now I went and had that fun I went and had my good times and I've got a bunch of cool stories to go with it but yeah that's that's old news you know and I, I guess that's the growth that's the growing I, I've grown out of that the dead wood the dead leaves they've fallen off and I've grown bigger and better, you know, and eventually this is where I'm at now. will fall off and I, because I want to continue to grow. Mm-hmm. And and so that's, that's my thoughts on that.
0: I, um, I think that that, that is actually really good advice. That's something that I've thought about a lot. And another, one of the things that, that I often think about is, um, Alice in Wonderland, uh, where she's walking around uh, on the trail and she comes to the Cheshire cat and she says, I don't know where to go. And he says, well, where do you want to go to? And she says, I don't know. And he says, well, then it doesn't matter what direction you go in. And I think that a lot of times we get stuck at that crossroads where I don't know where I want to go. I don't know what I want to do. We'll do something. Anything. Move forward. Yep. Um, it doesn't It doesn't matter if you get two, three, five years down the road and you find out that that's not what you want yeah. to do. Chances are you're going to learn something that's going to be very beneficial to yeah. you. You're going to have experiences yep. that are going to help you along, and you're going to be in a much better spot than you were five years ago. Yep. Um, which actually brings up an, another thing. If you do have an idea of what you want to do, um, it it's attributed to Mark Twain, but half the quotes on the internet are attributed to <laughs> yeah. Mark Twain. Yeah. But it's, uh, the best time to start was five years ago. Mm. The second best time to start is right now. Mm. You're exactly right. And so that's uh, that's one of the things that I keep trying to tell myself. Like, yeah, your dreams kind of seem in- insurmountable. It's like there's there's so much into it. There's so much work and effort, but working on it and working on it on a daily basis and making it your habit and routine to continue to work on those things is how you get to that point five years from now where you're decent at it you're successful at it
1: right right and 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 that's another thing so you brought up a few points there um so with like the success what is success for you like is being a filthy rich millionaire what you want it sounds nice people think oh i would love to win the lottery no you wouldn't 95 percent of people that win the lottery in five years are broke in debt, strung out, and all their families and friendships and all that's destroyed Mm -hmm. (laughs) horribly. No, (laughs) you don't want to win the lottery, I promise, because most likely you're going to destroy yourself with it. And if you think that being a millionaire is easy, well, it's not. Have you seen those guys? They work all the I mean, they might have some security, but one wrong move, one wrong investment— they could lose half of it. I mean, what does P Diddy's always say? More money, more problems. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> right. He's exactly right. And so uh,
0: so there's that, but um I I do agree with you, um, especially about the point on the lottery and the same thing with uh, uh, Oprah Winfrey. Yeah. Uh, some of the people that she's given like abundance to yeah. and everything, they've they fall to the wayside because it, it was a sudden shift in income, and they look, they're look, they like, oh my gosh, I have all this money, and they spend it, yeah. and they don't know how to get back yeah. to that point. Yeah, yeah. They don't know how to maintain And, it. and that happens
1: to a lot of people all the time. they win in a lawsuit or a settlement, or it even hit a, hit a sizable jackpot, and it destroys them because yeah. they don't know how to manage it.
0: A million dollars is not actually a lot of money. It's not, but you or me, it's a lot of money. Yeah. You know? I mean... It's just... But I think, going back to the lottery example, when uh, when people have that idea, they're like, oh, I'm going to be set for a while. I'll be able to do this, yeah. this, this, No, you're not. Mm-hmm. It will, you will be nope. gone very quickly nope. if you don't have a plan, if you don't know how to maintain.
1: You're you're exactly right. And people do that all the time. All the time. And uh, and so you've got to define what success looks like for you. Mm-hmm. For me, success looks like Having my own property that I own one day or with my own house that I own one day and having enough money and enough put back to where I can deal with emergencies or, or issues as they come up and uh, having a family one day and I would like to raise some livestock and maybe some crops and do that on the side and then eventually find some kind of position I could be in to where I'm comfortable. like. 40, 50 hours a week, and I've got plenty of time with my friends and family and whatever I want to do. You know, that would be ideal. I would be perfectly happy with that. Mm-hmm. And, and I'd also be happy with, you know, making 300000 a year. But I mean, not that it's undoable, but you've got to figure out where, where you want to be and how are you going to get there and what's good enough to justify everything you go through in life at the end of the day. All the struggle, all the hard work, all the blood, sweat, and tears, all the frustration and stress, what could you have, do, be, go, or experience that would justify that and go get that?
0: All right. We are reaching the end of our time. So, um, you have the floor. Okay. Whatever you feel like the world needs to hear, that's what I want you to say. Okay.
1: Um, what does the world need to hear? Okay. Well, there's three things to come to mind. Take the advice of your grandparents. I'm serious. (laughs) They've been doing this thing called life a whole lot longer and chances are they have everything that you hope to achieve one day. Take the advice of your grandparents, your great-grandparents, even your parents if you can, and really, really contemplate it. Two, never stop growing, ever. Rather that be in your job, in your marriage, in your relationship with your children, in your finances, in your business, however, in your health, never stop growing. We are living in an age that is unprecedented right now, and chances are, in the palm of your hand, at this very moment, you have access to learn anything you want to learn. Anything. Anything. At all. You have the sum of human knowledge in the palm of your hand. Use it. And the third thing I would say is, before you go about Criticizing the world, put your own house in perfect order. Figure it out. Before you get hateful and angry and bitter and it's everybody else's fault, figure out what you're doing wrong first and correct that. And if you can put yourself in perfect order where you don't have any problems anymore, which, good luck, <laughs> but if you can do that, then yeah, yeah, you might deserve to be a little critical of everyone else and maybe a little pissed off at the world. But until you get to that point, shut up because nobody cares. Because if If you're just bitching and moaning and complaining and going on and your life's a wreck and you haven't put it together or you don't have a direction you're going, what does it matter? Shut up. It's bitches bitching about other bitches bitching. And uh, so, yeah, I think that's what the world needs to hear.
0: That's something that I've been working on personally is um, I've. I've accumulated a wealth of knowledge, but I haven't done anything mm. with it, and I keep telling people, "Well, this is what you should do." And then now I'm at a point where it's like, "Well, why don't you stop preaching and start doing?" Yeah. And so yeah. that's that's well, what I'm doing.
1: Re- re- real quickly, a phrase I hate, and we've all said it, and we've all heard it, and it's, "If I knew now what I knew then, if I know now, if I knew then what I know now." Yeah. And then they don't do anything with it. It's like, yeah, well, now you know something.
0: So why aren't you doing anything with it? You're never at the end. This is always the beginning. Yeah. This is always, don't, don't yeah. give up. Keep yeah. moving forward.
1: Yeah, you, you, you're not done. You're not done yet. And that's how it goes. And even if you don't think you can go on, figure out some way to go on. And that's, that's what you have to do. Um,
0: that, that's the only answer. What else is there? Whatever position you've been in, There's somebody who was in a much worse position and was able to get themselves into a much better position. Uh, Find out who those people are, read their stories and everything. That's uh, one of the things that I really want to invest in going forward is who are my heroes? How did they get to where they got to? And so I want to read biographies and autobiographies. I prefer autobiographies, but sometimes like um, Jim Henson didn't write an autobiography, right, right. so I read his biography, right, right. I, I get inspiration from that. All right, so um, one book that you would recommend? One book? Just one? Yeah. If, if you can do, we've got like a minute and a half. Left. Okay. Uh, 12
1: Rules for Life by Jordan B. Peterson. Great book, Changed My Life. Art of the Deal by Donald J. Trump. Yeah. <laughs> also, oh, also, also Changed My Life. A Gulag Archipelago by Alexander Solzhenitsyn and Crown and Punishment by um, Theodore Dostoevsky. Okay. There's four books, they change your life. Promise.
0: Awesome. Well, this has been a wonderful conversation. Yeah, Jesse. it's been great. I, I'm, I'm I glad we did this. We appreciate you coming on. Uh, if you ever want to come on again, just let me know. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll set something up. Um, I think that that's about it. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Paperback Philosophy Podcast. This is Aaron and Jesse, and uh, we will see you next time.